You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We will go around the conference with Ole Miss and LSU adding some assistance to their staff. Jamie Newman sounding off on Georgia fans and an update on Najee Harris and Mac Jones in the Senior Bowl. We'll get to all that. Also, a huge weekend in SEC hoops. That is is the uh, SEC versus uh, Big 12 Challenge. So some monster matchups among the two conferences this weekend. We'll actually do a joint podcast with our buddy Josh Neighbors, who is the host of Locked on Big 12, and we will preview all of the games this weekend between the SEC and Big 12. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All right, let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. We start with Jamie Newman, the former Georgia quarterback who never actually played at Georgia. He talked to the media yesterday at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. And Newman was asked about his decision to opt out of last college football season after he transferred from Wake Forest over to Georgia and then left the Bulldogs before the start of the season. Newman said the reason was because of his family. He said COVID-19 hit differently for him and his family. He said he does not regret the decision and still loves Dog Nation, regardless of all the negative things Georgia fans have said to him on social media. Reports say Jamie Newman did look pretty good in his first day of practice at the Senior Bowl, but a little bit more inconsistent yesterday throwing an interception. So we'll see how Jamie Newman looks in the Senior Bowl. Speaking of the Senior Bowl, apparently Mac Jones was looking pretty good at practice yesterday. Some sources said he made quite an impression. Matt Rule, the Panthers head coach, who is, uh, of course, helping coach at the Senior Bowl, he described Mac Jones as, quote, an alpha. First guy on the practice field, first guy out to run. So it will definitely be worth watching Mac Jones this weekend in the Senior Bowl. And also his teammate, Alabama running back Najee Harris, I know he was going through some drills the other day at the Senior Bowl. He showed up in pads and, you know, came amid reports that his agent told him, look, I don't think you should do this. Don't need to do this. Your draft stock is already very high. Well, apparently, Najee Harris has been ruled out of the game on Saturday. He's uh, reportedly been dealing with an ankle injury since the championship game against Ohio State, and he was described as, quote, too banged up to play on Saturday. I wonder if the agent got their way and said, look, man, just don't play. There's no reason to. By the way, Senior Bowl will be played tomorrow at 1.30 Central on the NFL Network, so make sure you are tuned in for that. It'll be fun to see all the different SEC players out there, a ton of them. I mean, like, you're going to be watching that game going, there's an SEC guy, there's an SEC guy, there's an SEC guy. So we'll dissect it all on Monday's show, tell you who stood out, who had the best game in the Senior Bowl. All right, other things from around the football world. LSU football, they continue to build up their staff. Yesterday, they announced the hiring of former Miami Hurricanes defensive coordinator Blake Baker. He will come in and coach linebackers at LSU. So in just the past few weeks, LSU has now hired offensive coordinator Jake Peets, passing game coordinator DJ Mangus, defensive coordinator Durante Jones, and now linebackers coach Blake Baker. And the latest report 
out of LSU as they are set to hire New York Jets defensive line coach Andre Carter. He will come in and coach the LSU D-line. So, whole new staff going to look like under Coach Ed Ogeron at LSU. Over in South Carolina, new head coach Shane Beamer is trying to find his next running backs coach after Dez Kitchings left for the same position with the Atlanta Falcons on the NFL level. Beamer said he hopes to hire a new candidate very soon. This will be the third time in less than a year the Gamecocks will be looking for a new running backs coach, but whoever takes over that job is certainly going to have some good personnel. They're going to have a monster in returning 1,000-yard rusher, Kevin Harris, and also four-star back Marshawn Lloyd, who we didn't get to see last year. So that'll be a really dynamic duo in the backfield for South Carolina next season. But Kevin Harris became a uh, at least one of my favorites to watch this past year in college football. He was a lot of fun. Led the uh, SEC in rushing down the stretch, but I think Najee Harris ended up uh, passing him up when it was all said and done. Uh, lastly, Bruce Feldman is reporting that SMU defensive line coach Randall Joyner is expected to become the new D-line coach at Ole Miss. Let's give you some of the numbers that Feldman points out. In 2019, SMU ranked number one in the FBS in sacks per game. And last year, SMU was 15th in the country in tackles for loss. So that appears to be a good get for Lane Kiffin and company. Randall Joyner coming over to be the D-line coach at Ole Miss. And that is your Around the Conference. Coming up next, we're going to preview the SEC Big 12 Challenge with our buddy Josh Neighbors. Coming up right after this. Hey, gang, the weekend is here. That means a full weekend loaded with tons of basketball action, including the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And you can make those games more interesting if you get in on the action. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Uh, sign up today for a free account, betonline.ag, and use our promo code Locked On, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. I'm telling you right now, they got NBA action. They've got all the college games and they've even got the Super Bowl just a week away from this weekend. You can get in on that action as well. Line is still right there at Tampa, a three-and-a-half-point underdog to the Chiefs, but they got plenty of prop bets and all kinds of stuff coming, so you want to keep an eye out for that. But don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It is betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. Hey, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local Locked On experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 10 monster basketball games this weekend between the SEC and the Big 12. We preview them all with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. Here's Josh. But Oklahoma and Alabama has turned into a matchup of two of the hottest teams in their respective conferences. I mean, Alabama is, you know, I think you could argue that besides Gonzaga and um, Baylor, they're the hottest team in the country right now. 
And um, it, it just seems that their offense has been inspired by Steve Sarkeesian and the Alabama offense of uh, the football version because they're putting up points at an insane clip. Yeah, they've won 10 in a row for the first time since 1997. They're only the second team in, in school history to start 9-0 in the SEC. One of the most fun backcourts to watch in the country. I Remember how, like, the Golden State Warriors took everybody by storm mm -hmm. a few years ago? And it's like, man, they're so fun to watch. Look, I'm not even an Alabama fan, but I give respect where respect's due. Like, they are a fun team to watch. Jaden Shackelford and John Petty, just two weeks ago against LSU, they shot 54% as a team from three. It was a 30-point victory, and those two guys alone have taken a combined 200 threes so far this season. I know Oklahoma's feeling pretty good. They've won four in a row. They just knocked off two top 10 teams in mm -hmm. Kansas and Texas. But, man, this is going to be a track meet. And we're going to know early on. If Bama's jacking up threes and sinking them, man, it could be Oklahoma better strap in and be ready. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is, you know, and what's interesting is that it's not dissimilar to what uh, Auburn did a few years ago. I remember during the Auburn Final Four run is that what was the equalizer for them was not the number of threes they made. It was the number of threes that they took. So their ability to dig themselves out of a nine-point hole, right? You know, if, you, if they have a possession where they hit back-to-back -back threes and you have a miss on one end or you have two misses back-to-back, -back, God forbid, you know, it's a three-point game and they have the ball back. And the three-point shot, you know, has never been correctly used. And I, I think what, you know, what Nate Oates is doing, bringing this kind of style in, it's very smart. And if you have a backcourt that can jack them and make them, you're going to be in pretty good position. And they were slow and kind of groggy, I guess is the right word, against Kentucky the other night. And then they just buried them in the end. I mean, they completely buried them. They got to the rim. They're able to use that three-point shooting to open up driving lanes. So I think Alabama's going to win. I think they're going to stay hot. But that offense is something to behold right now. Yeah, and Austin Reeves, he's he's playing really well for the Sooners, mm -hmm, yep. averaging almost 16 a game. So it'll be fun to see what he does. But, no, I mean, like I said, if for Alabama, they, they're going to have a game eventually where they don't shoot well. I just don't right. know when that's going to be. It could be this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you look at the scoring titles for them, 85, 82, 86, 94, 90, uh, 85, 90, 100, 105. I mean, 105 points against LSU at a conference game is absurd. Uh, they and literally made – I think it was Petty or Shaq – one of them – was like made their made like the first five threes he took in the first day. Like, what is happening? Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah, in that game, Petty was eight for ten, and Primo was was six of eight from three. They just could miss. I mean, they were twenty four of four, twenty three of forty three from deep. Just a ridiculous number of, of threes taken and, and made. So, and they like that, trade off. Like, it's so funny because like right. one night John Petty will have twenty four, then the next night Petty will have like ten, but Shackleford will have twenty eight. So it's like. Man, they, they really are a dynamic backcourt. Yeah, and it's fun to watch. And I've, I've been recommending them to, to Big 12 fans that have not seen them yet this season. So that's exciting. The one that's really the marquee and the game that's lost its luster from, I think, you know, from a standpoint of, oh, you know, top five, top 10 matchup. But really, in terms of urgency, has, has ratcheted up. Number 15, Kansas, 10 and five. They're four and four in the conference. They're taking on number 18, Tennessee, who's 11 and three. And yes, they won their last game against Mississippi State. But boy, it did not feel like a win because they had to edge that one out. That was off the heels of loss, uh, loss against Missouri at home. These two teams need wins badly. Like they need not, not just a, you know, whenever Mississippi State, it's a fine team, good basketball team, but they need a statement win badly because Kansas has lost four straight games. Both teams here in need of something to turn their seasons around. 
Yeah, you mentioned it, Tennessee. It was a much needed win against Mississippi State the other night. They lost two in a row to Florida and Mizzou. But, uh, you know, John Fulkerson, he's their senior leader. He's averaging 11.6 rebounds a game. Uh, Victor Bailey, he's a junior. He's averaging close to 11. But one of their other seniors, Eve Pons is his name, mm-hmm. French guy. He is yep. an athletic freak, really great defender, blocks tons of shots. I assume they're going to ask him or put him primarily on, on Agbaji from the, from the Jayhawks. Um, but Kansas, the thing is, stands out to me, they do a really good job rebounding the ball over 39 a game. So I think that's going to be key for Tennessee. They got to defend well, they got to crash the boards and find a way to put up enough points to keep up with Kansas. Yeah, I think you're right on the matchup side of things. It's going to make a lot of sense if they do, you know, put pawns. And I think what's interesting about pawns is the fact that they, that he's not made the offensive jump they thought he was going to make, right? There was like, there was this expectation that Eve Pons was going to somehow this season become much more of a, of a consistent scorer. And I remember, you know, I, I went to Mizzou and calling, calling their games, you know, and I had him twice, I believe. And he never really hit that, that level that you expected him to hit when it came to scoring. So I'm curious to see in a game like this, Maybe in the interior he can he can bring something, but uh, this is a matchup that both teams need pretty badly just to kind of get themselves back on track. Yeah, and Fulkerson did not have a very good game that against Mississippi State, so he's got to bounce back. Like I said, he's their senior leader, but uh, yeah, Pons just watch. Watch it. I mean, like he come. You think you got a wide open layup? Oh and yeah. Getting to the rim, and then boom, he comes sweeping in and just swats it into the stands. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. But I'm with you. I mean, this. I know it's not a battle of top five teams, but it's gonna feel that way. I think when we see this game start to unfold. Yeah, incredibly important for both squads. Okay, let's go to our co-main events, and there's no drop off in intrigue. Actually, to be honest, I, I kind of floundered on whether I wanted to put Auburn and Baylor into one of the main event spots because this is probably this is probably your must see game of the day auburn in terms of stakes things are lacking for them right i mean baylor could lose this game and they'd be fine auburn could lose this game and they're not gonna they they can't play in the postseason they can't make the ncaa tournament because of a self-imposed ban but what they do have right now is sharif cooper and chris i know you've seen him play in his six games Dear God, this kid is, I, I don't really know how to describe it. He's something else. Yeah, I think he's already, he's already their points leader um, <laughs> this season. But uh, Alan Flanagan, he's a, he's a really good uh, number two. Like both of them, they're a really good one-two punch. Uh, they're, they're fresh off their big win over Mizzou on Tuesday night. But I just feel like they have not seen a defense like Baylor yet this season. I think Baylor... I wouldn't be surprised if they put this one away by, by halftime. Like really, I, I, I like Auburn. I think it, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But B- Baylor to me is the premier team in the country. I mean, obviously Gonzaga is up there, but they do everything. Well, they defend well, they shoot well, uh, Butler and Teague, they're nightmares to defend. They've held their last seven opponents under 70 points. They've held opponents under 56, five times this year. And they scored over 104 times this year. I just, I look at that Baylor team. They are as complete as it gets. And as much as I'd like to say Auburn's going to hang with them, I, I think they pull away. They be the com- uh, Baylor beat a conference opponent last night by 48 points. <laughs> uh, so it just kind of shows you, I mean, you're right on. And they score a nearly 88 points per game. They give up 62, just under yeah. 62. 
This is a team that also moves the ball very well. And that's my concern, I think, here is that this is a much more experienced group. They're going to be able to get whatever they want offensively, wherever they want it, um, you know, against against this Auburn defense. The question is, though, and this is actually a very significant question. The way Sharif Cooper is going to be officiated is going to be important because I'd actually messaged you that I had some complaints about the way he's officiated. And yes, I went to Missouri, but this guy is officiated like he is James Harden, somebody I know you're well familiar with. <laughs> he shot 17 free throws the other night. Yeah. And somebody hit me up on Twitter. It was like, he should have shot more. This kid's played six games and, and you're not allowed to breathe on him. On you, you, you can't touch him. There's nothing you can do about him. And I'm just saying, if they officiate him like that and, and he can go wherever he wants to, I mean, he can get wherever he wants to on the floor. But if defenders are like, I can't touch this guy, this game could be a bit more interesting than we think. No, I, I'm with you. And and like you said, I mean, he's he's going to be a, a guy to watch. He has been uh, electric since he's been out there. And, yeah, I think it was actually 21 times he got to the line the other night. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been it's 17 been, when I stopped watching yeah. out of frustration. <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly. So, um, no, he'll be a fun one to watch. But, you know, like I said, if, if this is close, let's say it's a close game at halftime and Baylor's having a hard time defending him or they're following him and he's getting to the free throw line a lot. Maybe that is what, what can keep Auburn in the game down the stretch. Yeah. He shot 10, 10 plus three uh, free throws in uh, four of his six games so far this year. And yeah, it's a younger, it's a younger group uh, for this Auburn team that they, and they're actually able to block 12 shots the other night. So I'm wondering if if that's going to step, you know, be a factor at all, but this Baylor team, especially the way Jared Butler's playing right now, uh, they're going to be tough one to stop. More with Josh Neighbors previewing the SEC Big 12 Challenge up next. Have you had your Built Bar yet today? Built Bar, we tell you all the time, is the best tasting protein bar ever. They are new and improved, even more delicious with 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including the cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite, but you can get in a caramel brownie, a cherry barcia, tons of different ones. Carrot cake, maybe not my favorite, but all the other ones are the raspberry, the German chocolate. You're eating it and going, wait, this is actually something good for me. They are bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, great for the health-conscious person. You, you can, If you're looking to lose or maintain some weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They are perfect for, if you're like me, if you're sitting at your desk somewhere around that 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock afternoon time, you already had your lunch, but you're just looking for something to snack on, don't go to the vending machine. Don't get those cookies or crackers or chips or whatever. Why not go for a Built Bar? Go check them out right now on their website, BuiltBar.com. they got tons of different packages you can do. And you can just buy the variety pack. comes with a ton of different ones, and you can find which one is your favorite flavor. But before you hit that checkout button, make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Guys, 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start, a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NBA locks. Everything is on there. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And more with Josh Neighbors previewing the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And we begin discussing Kentucky versus Texas. 
The other interesting game here, and look, everybody's been talking about it all season long. Kentucky, what the hell is going on with them? I think the answer at this point at five and 10, and they're hosting an 11 and three number five ranked Texas team is this is, it's just not a good team. They just don't mesh well together. The guard play to me is such a significant downgrade than from what they've had in the past. You think the number of really good Kentucky guards, even dating back to, I mean, you know, to think about last year and then you think about the number of guys who are in the league, right? I mean, think about all the guys like Deer and Fox and even Malik Monk. And then you think about, um, you know, players that we're seeing right now, um, totally blanking on who I'm thinking of. Oh, Tyrese Maxey has been excellent, yeah, right? Maxie's so you're thinking about all of these guys from Kentucky who have been excellent. They don't have any of that this year. They've got none of that. And Olivier Saar has not been, you know, what they thought he would be in terms of a transfer. It's just all not working. Now, luckily for them, they're playing a team in Texas that does not have their head coach and has eight scholarship players. So they, and missing three of their best players, might I add too. So this is a good chance for Kentucky here to right some wrongs from this season. Can't make up all the ground, but a, a chance to, get, to beat a top five team. It, it is, but to Kentucky in my mind is such a mess this season. My wife went to Kentucky, so we watch uh, every game in our household. Every time you, th- you think they get things figured out this year, they let you down. Uh, big win a week ago over LSU, but outside of that, you know, they've now lost four of their last five. They just can't shoot the ball consistently. I mean, they've got stud players all over the roster, but they have yet to gel together. It looked like Brandon Boston was starting to figure things out. Uh, you know, he leads them in points 12 a game, but, and they do rebound well, but they're shooting 41% from the field, 29% from three, but it feels like it's worse than that. They miss free throws. They're undisciplined. It's just, it's been a really tough year for John Calipari. And you wonder how much the pandemic played into it, not right. having enough practice time and all that. But you know, on the flip side, Chaka Smart dealing with COVID. I haven't heard the, I guess he's going to be out for, again. For yeah, this he one. is. He's, he's pretty sick. Yeah, so, you know, they've lost two of their last three now, close games against Tech and Oklahoma. But, um, you know, if this – as much as I'd want to say, hey, this might be the game Kentucky figures things out, I can't trust them. So, I'm, I'm going Longhorns. I think Texas wins. I think it's close. You know, Kentucky put up a, a heck of a fight against Alabama the other night. But, you know, with a minute to go, I think it was like – or with a little over a minute to go, it was like a one-point game. I step away, suddenly you're around seven. I'm like, what the hell happened? So, right. it's, it, it's – yeah, I, I would lean Texas if I had to pick one. Yeah, it's it's shocking, you know, that, that turnaround at the end of the game. And I'm wondering, what's your sense from the fan base? I'm not sure how much you've heard from them, but, like, what is the fan base? Obviously, we know SEC fan bases are rough to ju- – uh, you know, they're quick to judge, rather, and are very, you know, very simply put, just impatient. So what have you heard from the fan base about their feelings right now um, on, on you know, this, this season and Coach Cal? Yeah, they're frustrated. I mean, this is the, this is their bell cow. I mean, I, I heard somebody joke the other day, like, oh, we're a football school anyway, because <laughs> he started to play better football in recent years. But uh, no, I mean, they are, this is, this is not where they're supposed to be five and 10. The, the tournament, I mean, barring a miracle run here, they're not going to make the tournament. And, and that's unex that's unacceptable with John Calipari as the head coach. And uh, that one year where they went to the NIT and lost to Robert Morris and it was a mess, but yeah, this it's not acceptable that they're not happy with. Them. They're not going to run them out of town, but Cal with the whole, Oh, five in five out. We bring in five new recruits. We send them off to the NBA, five new recruits. in. that just it doesn't work every year. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you go on deep tournament runs, but sometimes you have a year like this where egos get in the way and you got five stars everywhere and they're not gelling as a team. 
And the problem is, is that a team like Tennessee is doing something similar, right? They're not bringing in five new guys, but they're bringing in two, right? This team in Tennessee that brought two five stars off the bench earlier in the season. And yeah. oh yeah, they've got guys like Fulkerson and they've got guys like Ponds. That's an excellent mix, mix to have. That's kind right. of a, that's a winning recipe in any conference. And that's what Kentucky is missing. The pro- and the problem is a lot of those guys, you know, some of the older guys that they have, they bring in, right? Reed Travis transferred in. Olivier Saar, tra- and Reed Travis from a little while ago, obviously, but, you know, you know Olivier Saar transferred in. Um, Oscar Shibwe is going to transfer in. And, and those guys don't always mesh together, you know, with uh, his transfers and new guys. And you said five in, five out. They had 10 new players this year, I believe it was. So <laughs> I, I think I think you're, you're on to something with the COVID stuff. Like, that definitely had to play a big factor when Coach Cal- – and Coach Cal knew this was coming too. I, I think he kind of – not to this extent, but I think he had a feeling that something like this was possible this season. Yeah, I know that, that – when I was talking to a buddy of mine who was a Kentucky fan the other day, and he was – First thing you brought up, man, I'm excited about Liam Cohen, the offense coordinator for the football team. I'm like, man, you know things are bad when you didn't start with a basketball <laughs> comment. The first year, your first comment is about the football team next year. Goodness. Uh, all right, let's move on to our main card. So these are games that have intrigue um, for different reasons. We've got Texas Tech, LSU, Florida at West Virginia, and then Arkansas, Oklahoma State. For my money out of those three, I'm actually most curious about Arkansas and Oklahoma State because I think that those are two teams that they're unranked. They still have a lot to prove because, you know, I think Arkansas is obviously headed in the right direction. Uh, Oklahoma State is clearly headed in the right direction, but they're without their star, Cade Cunningham. He was on the bench the other day, but we're not positive he's going to play. And obviously, you know, effects that COVID have on these, on these teams, it's hard to know. So I'm circling that game, Oklahoma State and Arkansas, because I think it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity for each team to prove something. Which out of those three games are you circling as your as your most intrigued? Well, just a quick thought on Arkansas, Arkansas, Oklahoma State are two teams that remind me of each other. I mean, mm-hmm. Arkansas started nine and zero, struggled when they got in SEC play. Oklahoma State they start six and zero, and they start struggling when they get in the Big Twelve play. But uh, Arkansas seems to have found themselves now. They've won three in a three in a row. Uh, Moses Moody is averaging close to seventeen a game. Jalen Tate's a really good passer. Justin Smith rebounds well. So in my mind, the game to, to me that may be the best of the weekend is Texas Tech LSU. Mm. Uh, this LSU team has an electric offense. Cam Thomas is the leading scorer in the SEC at 22 points a game. His teammate Trendon Watford is the third leading scorer in the SEC at 18 a game. Uh, Watford and their point guard, Javante Smith, are among the leaders in field goal shooting around 50% a game. And LSU averages over 83 points. That's 12, 12 best in the country. Their biggest issue is they don't play defense. At I mean, all. they just give up a ton of points. I know Tech, they've lost two in a row, but they were against two top top 10 teams in, in Baylor and, and, and West Virginia. I think this game has the most potential to be the highest scoring affair between Tech and LSU. Look, I'm excited because we got to see an awesome battle the other night when it was Deuce McBride going up against Mac McClung. I think we can see that again with, with Cam Thomas going up against Mac McClung or Watford going up against McClung. You know, you never know. It could be those two guys battling out. But I think, I think it's a good point you make. I think there's a good chance that at least one of those scorers for uh, LSU could be going shot for shot with McClung there towards the back end. And then the one we haven't touched on out of that three, real quickly here, West Virginia and, and Florida. And Mike White, man, what that team emotionally has had to overcome 
very challenging this season, you know, on the court and off the court for them to, to come back and to play as well as they have so far. I think it's been pretty impressive from them. So uh, Morgantown's not an easy place to win. They'll have a thousand fans there uh, on Saturday. And I'm sure they'll probably make it sound like 4,000, but uh, yeah, that game, I just wanted to mention that because I think Mike white, what they've had to deal with, emotionally has been very much very much yeah, they, challenging they lose Keontae Johnson and he's kind of joined them uh, joined the coaching staff it's kind of helping coach right. the team but a guy like Trey Mann has really stepped up averaging around 15 a game and now they won three in a row for their last five and they're a group that can lock down and play good defense at times Colin Castleton really good for them down low so um, I'm excited to see Miles McBride in the um, the Mountaineer offense, though, against against their defense. I think that's going to be the matchup to watch. Yeah, the question for me about West Virginia, they did not look in shape because uh, they had obviously some COVID issues. Bob Huggins told Big 12 today uh, the other day that they were down to three healthy players at one point. And so that cardio is, is really important for them. And how much Florida is going to make them work? Guy like Derek Culver on the inside can be a game changer, but he's got to be in shape for West Virginia. So I'm I'm intrigued there. On the prelims, this these are the bargain bin here. Not a whole lot to touch on. TCU Mizzou is somewhat interesting. My Tigers need to get back uh, on the win to their winning ways. Texas A&M against Kansas State, yuck. And then Iowa State versus Mississippi State, probably going to be a bloodbath. Not much there at the bottom there, Chris. Yeah, let me just give you the worst game of the bunch is Texas A&M Kansas State. The Aggies have lost three in a row, five of their last six. They struggle to score. They can't score. The other oh, night against LSU, they went scoreless in the last nine minutes of play, missed 15 <laughs> straight field goals and a free throw. And then Kansas State, they struggle to score. They were held to under 50 points twice in the past week and a half. They've lost seven in a row. This is probably the game to go run some errands while it's on. Yeah, I would definitely say 110% it's a game to go run errands on. I mean, Kansas State, I just mentioned this earlier, lost by 48 um, last night. To, <laughs> they lost by 48 to Baylor. And they have not beaten anybody since they beat Iowa State like a month ago. Those two teams, I do a power rankings every single week, and they're constantly number nine, number 10 in the conference. Uh, there's no upward mobility. Real quick, not sure how much of Mississippi State you've seen this year. Is that a team that can make the tournament? I've seen a little bit of them. Obviously, they that went over Mizzou. It's going to carry them a little bit this season. But is that a team that you think can make the NCAA tournament uh, kind of a sleeper under Ben Howland? They always feel under the radar. They always feel like yeah. they're good, but always under the radar under Ben Howland. I don't, I don't think they make the tournament this year, but they could prove me wrong. They got two really good scorers, DJ Stewart and uh, Iverson Molinard. They both average mm -hmm. over, over, over 17 a game. Problem is they don't have anything else. Like they have no help elsewhere. And so that's where they really struggle. I think this is a bounce back game for them. Obviously Iowa state's not very good. Uh, but state has lost three in a row. So I think they do win this one, but you know, they get some 10 and five overall. It's not terrible, but I, I don't see them as a tournament team this year. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of locked on sec. My thanks to Josh neighbors for talking sec, big 12 challenge with us. It'll be a fun Saturday locked in all day on the couch, watching some sec basketball. Let's just hope we, we don't want to go five and five. We want to do better than that. Got to go at least six and four, seven and three. I'm going to go extreme. I'm going to say we go eight and two against the Big 12. Come on, Auburn. Don't let me down. Some of those, some of those games winnable can be tough. But let's get it done. Let's show the Big 12 who the better college bas basketball conference is. We'll be back on Monday. We'll recap the Senior Bowl for you. Discuss who stood out from the SEC. I'm telling you right now, somebody from the SEC is going to be the MVP. Talk about it all on Monday right here on Locked on SEC. You guys have a great weekend.